Medical Matters. Palesa Mokomele is my guest, Head of uh, Community Engagement and uh, Communications at DKMS Africa. Good evening to you, Palesa. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. What does DKMS stand for? So DKMS is an organization that uh, was founded in Germany about 30 years ago. And therefore, DKMS is a ger- is an acronym for the German Donor Registry. Ah, okay. As something Deutsche, yeah. something I imagine, eh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my my tongue wouldn't be able to get around. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about stem cell and stem cell donation. First of all, what are stem cells? What are we talking about when we speak of stem cells? So essentially, stem cells uh, live inside your bone. Uh, stem cells are cells that uh, go on to form red blood cells. Uh, they go on to to form. Uh, they carry oxygen into your body. Um, so it's basically your mother cell before the cell becomes something else. Ah, okay. Just a quick question. Just a quick, quick question, mm-hmm. and I know it's not aligned or part of what we're talking about. It's because of a debate I was having over the weekend with somebody about something else. Do the stem cells know that these are Aubrey cells? Now, okay, so how, how do I say this? Are these stem cells unique to me? In my, in my bone, uh, are they, are they absolute, absolutely unique to me? In other words, if somebody had the technology to take them out and, and grow them as it were and, and, and clone them somehow, would another Aubrey come out? It, the stem cells are unique to you. Um, however, when it comes to uh, what we do, which is to um, basically help people have blood disorders and, and, and blood cancers yeah. with the stem cell of someone else, it's not uh, necessarily that we just take the stem cells uh, and put them in someone else's uh, body and then the body accepts the stem cells but there are uh, antigens that need to be the same so for example only 30% of our patients find a matching donor from within their own family 70% find it from a complete stranger it doesn't mean the bodies are exactly the same but it means that for what the body, the one body requires, the other one is able to pro- to provide. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so that that I suppose answers the question why we should sort of agnostically do- donate. We should donate uh, because at some point or another, my stem cells could assist somebody who is completely unrelated to me uh, because of that, I don't know, that relationship that you've just explained now, my my stem cells could prove helpful to that person. Exactly. So when we take the stem cells from one person, uh, it's because a match has been found. So unlike blood donation, we don't take the stem cells to use at a later stage. Right. So when we call you up after you've registered and say, Aubrey, uh, we need your stem cells. You have matched with a patient. It's because your patient urgently and desperately needs that stem cell right now. And again, another perhaps strange, unrelated question. 
does the fact that I am male have it? Would it be a, a, a an impediment if a woman needed my stem cells? No. Okay. So, no. so, 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 so. First of all, it doesn't have to. It can't just be somebody related to you in terms of familial sort of connections uh, mm. at that sort of biological level. But secondly, it is it is gender agnostic. If I understand you correctly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the interesting thing about it also is that um, people of the same ethnic group or the same race are most likely to be matches. So it's quite unlikely, it's quite rare, in fact, that someone who is Caucasian can be a match uh, to someone who is black. Uh, we have had a match uh, from someone from Mitchell's Plane who is mixed race, colored, who matched with someone in Poland who is, um, you know, Caucasian, blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. So in some instances, instances that, and that's po- probably because of just the genetic makeup and the mixed ethnicity, but it's quite a rare that a black and Caucasian person can be a match. Interesting, huh? Okay, so so why is it important then that we have this conversation, Balisa, so that you know, so that people can be aware of what? So this this conversation is important because, firstly, I mean, how many people do you know who have a blood cancer or blood disorder? Uh, We see a lot of people in our workplace, but generally, a lot of people don't know of someone who has a blood cancer or blood disorder. So it almost feels to us like, you know, these conditions or or these cancers um, live somewhere strange in society. And yet there are people who are battling their lives and battling to live on a daily basis. The second thing is that uh, many black people don't know about, uh, firstly, blood cancers and also think that when you have a blood cancer or a blood disorder, it's a death sentence. And yet uh, there are treatments such as stem cell transplantation where people can uh, donate their stem cells to give someone a second chance at life. It all starts with a registration, but what we are doing at DKMS is to ramp up the information, ramp up the awareness so that people know that, firstly, it's not a death sentence if you are um, a patient. And that secondly, for people who are, you know, moved by, by, who want to assist and want to help, that you can register to become a stem cell uh, donor. And it's, a, it's quite an easy process and it's a very, very safe procedure as well. How is this different to blood donation? It's quite different. So with blood donation, you donate to someone of the same blood group as you. With uh, stem cell donation, it depends. Firstly, you register generally. We don't draw your blood. We don't draw any stem cells at the first point. Uh, We only need you to swab the inside of your mouth, and then we send it to a lab, to to our lab for genetic, um, just to look at your genetic makeup. And then you only get the call when you have matched with someone who shares the same genetic markers as you. So we refer to this person as your genetic twin. Um, This person may be someone in your family, as in your sibling, or in 70% of chances, 
this is someone you have never met before. This may be someone in in another country. It may be someone within your own community, but there is usually no familial uh, relation. So that is the most fascinating thing about it. Does this mean that we we need to be donating on the regular, in other words, like we would donate blood when it comes to stem cells? No. So when it comes to stem cells, um, stem cell donation, uh, because you only get called when your patient, uh, so the person that you've matched with, needs your stem cells, you only get the second call if firstly your body didn't pro- didn't produce enough stem cells. And also we are able to preserve you um, to only donate to this particular person. So, you know, with blood uh, donation, you can go, I think every, I'm not sure, every two months to go donate. But with us, you don't donate on demand. You only donate only when you have matched with someone. And how... How does that whole process work? I suppose systematically, how, how, how do I become part of the donor community so that you can know what the characteristics of my stem cells are so that you can call upon me when indeed there is a need? Okay, so there are two ways that you can uh, donate um, or that you can register, firstly. So you may meet one of our donor recruiters who will swab the inside of your mouth and take your personal information on a form. And uh, they take the kit with them and it gets typed. After six weeks, you'll get an email from us saying that you are on the registry. The other way is uh, to register on our website, which is dkmsafrica.org. And we will send a, a kit to your home or to your workplace or whichever address you put in. And then we will come to pick it up from you at no cost to you, right? Uh, so again, after six weeks, you'll get a, an email or a message that says that you are on the registry. So when you're on the registry, you join uh, 12 million other people across the, from across the world who are also potential life savers. And if you are lucky, you will get a call um, from us that says that um, you are a match. Um, another thing to, to emphasize is that in the past, it used to take about 10 years or five years even for someone to get the call that uh, they are a matching donor. In South Africa, it's taking far less. So we have people who receive the call within three months of registration um, and typing uh, that they have been matches. And I think that really reflects the desperation in terms of our, the number of patients who need assistance, actually. So, um, yeah, as I said before, that a lot of black patients uh, in state hospitals and private hospitals are simply unable to find a matching donor just because there aren't enough of us who are registered. Therefore, you know, even re- just registered mm-hmm. and not even taking the step to actually donate. So, um, yeah, the, the need is there and the need is desperately there. We are losing far too many children, uh, far too many breadwinners. And uh, this is something that we can do and it's quite safe. Um, yeah, and, and your body replenishes the stem cells anyway. So it's not like you're losing uh-huh. a limb or, or anything. Your body replenishes the stem cells. So as a healthy person, you can donate, definitely. Are there times when somebody would be rejected uh, for, for, for what reasons? Yes. 
So people on some chronic medications uh, can't um, be on the registry. Uh, if you are pregnant, we uh, don't uh, take your stem cells, um, and particularly if you're, you're breastfeeding. I think you're off the registry for about two years. Uh, people who are HIV positive uh, cannot uh, donate themselves. Uh, we encourage people who are generally fit or generally healthy to, and between the ages of 17 and 55 years to, to, to register. Beyond 55? Beyond 55. So if you are on the registry before you turn 55, you stay on until the age of 60 uh, to be a potential, to be a donor. Um, and if you are over 55 and you suddenly realize, gosh, you know, I didn't take the step, you can be a financial donor. So we, you know, we would um, really appreciate it if people could become financial donors and help us to to yeah. get as many more, you know, donors on the registry as possible. Okay. What's wrong with 60 old blood? <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with. There's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, fifty-year-olds. But um, you, can, I mean, you can. We we've had a we had a donor who was about fifty-six when they donated quite recently, actually. So I mean, people people do, donate uh, at any age, but cutoff is fifty-five to register. Hmm. All right, give us a call. Double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. Have you been a recipient of um, stem cells? Have you been a donor? What was the process like for you? What was the condition for which you received stem cells? And uh, um, are you somebody that donates regularly? Are you called upon? I suppose as a result of you being on that register, you called upon regularly. But listen, what 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 are the main reasons? I suppose medically that somebody would be called up for. In other words, what what sort of conditions? Uh, draw the most um, calls for stem cell donation? So among children, it's um, normally one of the leading cancers among children are leukemias. Um, among adults, we see uh, we're seeing a lot of um, different kinds of myelomas. Um, we're seeing leukemias, we're seeing aplastic anemias, which are not cancers necessarily, but uh, disorders. Um, also, something to really emphasize is that there are some cancers, uh, blood cancers, that are actually treatable, right? If someone gets a stem cell donor or uh, even disorders like aplastic uh, anemia. So once a person gets like a reboot of their blood system, they can actually really go on to lead, to lead you know, like a really long life. Uh, but not having access to stem cell or not even having access to a matching donor who could potentially be, you know, a donor that gives you a second chance at life really robs people of that opportunity. Um, and I think the the devastating effect is is that this is a majority black country, you know, yeah. this is a majority black country. 
and yet the numbers of uh, stem cell donors and I know that this goes to you know a lack of education there just wasn't enough education going into our communities uh, to teach us about some of these uh, illnesses but you know now that we know now that we know we need to we need to act we need to do better because we need to do better because the children who are losing their lives really deserve a second chance really what 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 do we say to people i mean do we say uh, give more stem cells people are going to have a chance at getting some sort of remission because of your donation uh, and and maybe that's an an indirect question how how much remission from those kinds of conditions like like cancers the various leukemias how many of them can we point to and say this person has gone into remission as a result of stem cells um, being used to help them? So, you know, by the, t- by the time a patient needs a stem cell transplant, it really is their only option because they would have gone through other therapies, um, including a chemotherapy. Mm. Um, and, you know, chemotherapy kills all the cells. On the Shia el Exactly. It kills the healthy and unhealthy cells. And so on a long term, that also becomes unhealthy. So by the time that a doctor or physician uh, recommends or puts forward that the patient needs a stem cell transplant, this really is their last chance. It's also quite a, it's a difficult process as well. So it also doesn't... uh, necessarily a hundred percent works because of the question that you asked before of whether your body is you can a hundred percent take your body clone it to someone else and the answer is no there's a process where the body needs to accept the stem cells of the match right Mm. and um sometimes the body says no you are foreign i'm not going to accept you then the the doctors give the patient medication to assist the body to to retain the stem cells so it's also it's also like a difficult process for the patient who receives it um but the magic of it is that uh once it works once it works, we've seen people who have gone on to lead uh, full lives on a stem cell after receiving a transplant. Uh, one of them is a friend of mine uh, who received, they harvested her own stem cells from her own body. And um, she's, it's amazing how she's recovered. I mean, she's, you know, she's gained strength. Um, it, it's incredible what, what, to see. What, what, what condition has she been sort of suffering from? Um, she had um, she had a blood cancer. Okay. I just sorry, I just forgot the right. name. No, 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 no problem. Yeah. Uh, Ducky, the tutor asks, "Good evening, Aubrey. Please ask your guest about ethical issues surrounding stem cells. Doesn't say which ethical issues they're referring to, but I suppose mm. one can think into the question and say, you know, there, there's something autonomous." about Mm. stem cells, something that stem cells are able to... Let me tell you a quick story, Palisa. My my kids have a Mm. a, a thing 
Oh, I forget what it's called now. But these little jelly-like balls, right? You throw mm. them in water and then they start sort of replicating themselves. This is, this is the scariest thing. Mm. I, I, I saw this weekend, I, I, I nearly fell over and died, right? <laughs> Be, because of that autonomous sort of behavior, that ability mm. for them to replicate themselves. Somebody's going to tell me what they called. I forget what they called again. But they, they look like jelly babies. You almost want to throw one in your mouth and, and chomp at them, right? But, 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 but... But you throw them in water and they start sort of new ones start to appear. And I thought to myself, surely there's something ethically questionable about this, right? Now, now I imagine that the tutor is probably thinking about similar things to say, here you've got a cell that you harvest from your bone marrow that is able to replicate, that is able to, and I suppose all cells can, or we just wake up. But, mm. but, but are there certain ethical issues that one needs to be aware of around the, this amazing ability of stem cells to perform these medical feats, but our ability mm. and, and right to harvest them? Uh, are there people that get in get onto nefarious sort of activities when they mm. what, what 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 are the ethical issues here so interestingly we we in the middle of a study among young South Africans who are some of whom have uh, registered to become stem cell donors and some of whom have probably never heard of you know DKMS right um, and one of the questions was around stem cell donation generally. And the answers were quite fascinating, uh, which points to the, que- the, the question that you're asking around, you know, ethical behavior. If you Google stem cell transplants, you will get thousands and thousands of uh, hits. Um, and uh, with many promises about healing disabilities, healing all kinds of uh, nervous condi- or, or, or conditions, mental conditions, um, all kinds of, of, of healing powers associated with uh, stem cell uh, transplantation. So with us at DKMS, we only harvest the stem cells. Firstly, it's done in a medical facility with all kinds of consents given by um, a, pe- a donor, potential lifesaver, who can actually stop and, and pull out of the process at whatever point they wish to. So once you've registered, you are not bound in any way to continue with the process if you do not want to do it. Um, there are, we belong to the world donor, the, the WMDA, so it's a, it's a body globally that deals with um, stem cell transplantations as well as bone marrow transplantations. Uh, we, you know, we work with, with physicians all over the world and top physicians uh, within our own country uh, who are governed by laws, uh, you know, that uh, look after and and protect and guide the medical uh, field on how to ethically harvest and also ethically uh, transplant stem cells. So... I think it's a pity that um, that there are all these magic uh, healing um, 
things that are associated with stem cell transplantation when there are people who genuinely need uh, stem cells to live. Mm. Uh, also, just to say that the chemist only uses stem cells for, for blood cancer. So it's also not that this kind of ge- uh, uh, generic fit where you can heal the, your joints with stem cells. Um, so we are very, we are very reputable organization with many years and working across, uh, we have, we work in, in seven different countries across five continents. And uh, I can assure you that it's, we, we, our ethics are right. Um, and also that people who need stem cell transplantations mm-hmm. for to heal their blood cancers and blood yeah. disorders yeah. need them quite desperately. Yeah. Well, we need to have a conversation perhaps at some point about whether or not consent is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes we have uh, issues around Questions such as just because we can, should we? Mm. You know. Anyway, but those are just, mm. uh, I suppose, ethical questions that we could go all philosophical about. Let's speak to Bratoni mm. in Eldos. Hi, Bratoni. Hi, Ops and guests. Yep. Go ahead, Bratoni. Uh, my question is: Is there a difference between the stem cells of humans and that of plants? And if so, what is the difference? Because uh, there's a product on the market, STC twenty. It is punted as a plant, as a plant stem cells, and that it is effective for human conditions. Could you just elaborate on that? For, uh, for if effective for human conditions, eh, Bratoni? Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, Balisa. So I've I've never heard of that actually. Um, I would say that there has to there is definitely a difference. Uh, between human stem cells and plant stem cells, uh, just because the human body is the human body. Um, I'm not sure about the plant stem cells that are on the market. Um, I have never, ever heard of them in my entire career. <laughs> All right. Uh, but Tony, what is it called? What is that stem cell product called? STC20. If STC20. It's widely advertised. All right. I think it's from a Swiss uh, Swiss uh, origin. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tony, thanks very much. David in Randburg. Hi, David. Hi, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Uh, thank you. Uh, just as far as that last call is concerned, I don't think that it would be workable from my understanding in that the complete DNA of the human has to be replaced and the human DNA would be very different to that of a plant. Um, why I was calling was that... Uh, so my, my know me in that or of my existence, um, I have a grandchild, granddaughter who was diagnosed at the age of four months with leukemia, ML, acute myeloidal leukemia, and that can only be saved with a uh, donor transplant. And um, what I was wanting to say was that I think that people should not have it in their mind that if they register, they are automatically going to be donating. It's not a decision about donating when you register. It's just getting onto the register. And if you are found to be a match, then you're given the choice. Do you want to donate or not? And, and that's the critical thing. And what we have um, learned in our experience with this uh, granddaughter is that there are a lot of people of other ethnicities who don't register, don't know about 
how easy it is to register. And uh, my appeal would be to those people who are of other ethnic groups than mine, and you can hear that I'm a Caucasian, um, is that register. And uh, if you find out that you're a match and you've got the opportunity to save somebody else's life, how wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose reiterating a lot of what you, you, you've already said, Palissa, but I suppose there's some nuances there that you might want to comment on. Yes, um, I think, uh, uh, thank you so much for, for calling and uh, I hope that your, your, your little one uh, will get a, a matching donor. I think the point to emphasize is that a lot of us think that, you know, people get cancer when they're big, when they're old or when they're toddlers or, or you know, people who understand the world. But we have uh, four-month-olds who are diagnosed. And imagine your child is four months old and having to receive blood transfusions, having to have tests taken, how magical and how incredible it would be for them to find a stem cell donor Mm -hmm. and really live a life that a child should live outside of hospital, uh, free to play, you know, the family, for the family to really enjoy a childhood of, of a little one who can run around and, you know, just look at the world with different eyes. So uh, there are many patients of, of different ethnic groups, of different races, who in, in a community of other people, parents and feeling quite isolated that they're facing some, something that no one knows about, which is that they're battling to find a stem cell donor for their family members. So yes, register to be on the registry. You will receive a call at some point, but please, we just need to have people, different people of different racial groups of different ethnicities, because that diversity of our registry is important in order to give all these different unique bodies a chance to at least have a match that is found for them. At the moment, matches are not found for different people just because there aren't enough people, enough diverse, um, uh, you know, DNAs on the registry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that's beginning to be a reality, as you probably pointed out, although perhaps a rare thing, is exactly what happened uh, where somebody from Mitchell's Plane becomes a matching donor for somebody in Poland. Mm. I think I think the more people are registered, the more such possible anomalies are going to become normalized you know mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. i think and i think the reason for that is because we we are beginning to see how how much humanity has mixed mm-hmm. um uh, I, I i i think i think at least for that reason uh mm-hmm. we we should be encouraged to 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 um to register uh, and I think a very important point there made by David to say, look, registering doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a donor um, mm. automatically. Uh, first, there's got to be some sort of screening process. And even mm. there, uh, you still need to give consent. I, I, I understood him to be say, saying, and that is not no mm. different to what you were saying, yeah? Exactly. In some cases, we have five matching donors for a patient. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, for a black patient, that is like, Ray, right? Yeah. 
And we've had cases where all five decline, all five chances to save someone's life just don't show up. Five people, different people. Mm. And already you have a 70% chance of finding someone. I mean, that's a needle in a haystack, right? 70% of strangers. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, we, we can do something. We can do something. Uh, some people say I'm scared of needles. I'm scared, you know, of, of, of many things. But um, I think we need to, we really need to dig within ourselves. And um, more cancers are becoming a bit more prevalent now. You don't know. We, the, sometimes there's no family member who has previously had cancer. So it, it kind of just brings up on a family. Yeah. And, and no one chooses. No one chooses to have cancer. No one chooses to want a stem cell transplant from 70% of strangers. So this is something we can do. And I really, really, really urge everyone who is able to, between the age of 17 and 55, in general good health, please reach out and register. Let's talk to B in uh, Cape Town. Good evening to you, B. Oh, hi. Yes, the gentleman before. I'm wondering if it's dangerous for a grown-up to give stem cells for a kid, say a baby of six months or all of the age groups of a child. And if the child, you know, hasn't had the COVID vaccine and the grown-up has had like one or maybe, I don't know how many can have, four or five or six, is it dangerous for the baby child who needs the stem cells or the Teenage child or the 10-year-old, I want to know if it's dangerous, please. Dangerous how, B? Well, um, children haven't had the COVID vaccine. And if the grown-up, say, has had four or five COVID vaccines, then they take the stem cells from the donor and put it in a baby, say, of six months. Couldn't that be dangerous? That's a heavy amount of vaccine still in the person's so this blood. Is about, or this is about the, the vaccine. All right. All right. Uh, Help us out there, um, Alyssa. So, um, so firstly, the before you donate, we do a full health check. Um, so, a doctor will do a full a full health check to ascertain your level of uh, well fitness to undergo the process, and also your health, right? And only then, once you've been declared healthy. And once the patient has also been cleared to receive the stem cells, only then are the stem cells taken for the body, from the body uh, and, and donated. So if, for example, you're an adult who has done your immunizations and done, um, you know, all kinds of uh, vaccinations, you are able to, once, once you've passed the health test, you're able to, to donate. Um, Chances, I've heard of cases where the patient who's received the stem cells has had to take immunizations again. So they've had to receive, you know, those immunizations that you got when you were a baby, uh, you know, so that your body is fit again because you're basically receiving, you know, a new lease on life. So I think once you've passed that health test, only then uh, are doctors able to ascertain uh, whether you are able to continue or not. So that's not something that is 
automatic for everybody, but it's determined uh, by whether you, your blood and your stem cells are healthy enough to be taken over to, to the patient's uh, body. The question sounded a lot more specific to me about COVID-19 vaccinations, uh, Palisa, and I know there's politics around that. Um, yeah. are, are there issues that arise from the fact that there has been aversion by some for the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, And if somebody who needs and finds a donor who is, uh, who has been vaccinated with the, any of the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, would, would that be a problem? I'm not aware of any issues from the vaccine. Uh, We are transplanting uh, people who, as far as I know, we're transplanting people who have been vaccinated and those who have not been vaccinated. Mm, mm, mm. Listen, how do people get in touch with you at DKMS Africa um, to to inquire more, but maybe to to get a chance to register? So to register, you can contact us on dkmsafrica.org. You can reach us on all social media platforms. You can also call us on 0800 12 10 82. And please call us if you have any questions, if you'd like assistance with the registration process. Uh, we are ready to receive your calls. Thank you so much, Palisa Mokomele. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time.